Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking trivia books and interviewing author and podcaster Andy McElfresh. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I was sent a book by a friend. It's coming out October 9th, so if it sounds interesting to you, you should definitely pre-order it for the Halloween season. It's called Spider Season by Billy Hansen. It's short stories, like spooky short stories that my cool. friend Billy wrote. Um, it's already available for pre-order on um, Amazon, it looks like, and you can get it on Kindle as well. But yeah, it's just like a bunch of spooky little short stories. So anywhere from like very short to like sort of like longer short stories. Um, there's one that really creeped me out that is about... Um, an empty chocolate bar wrapper. Just an empty chocolate bar wrapper haunting me. Uh, no, it's about a... Uh, no, like I have to tell you no. <laughs> it's about um, an area of this town where it's haunted. The area of the town is like kind of like cursed, haunted something where any time anybody goes there, they um, they their deepest desires, which is like usually like anger or something like that, they they act on them. So you know, people get killed up there, and it's sort of like uh, the original story where it happened, and then it like flashes to current, and it's pretty great. Um, and then there's like, and there's some short ones there. So it's like all mixed lengths, which I like, and it's very creepy. And I think for uh, the Halloween, hol- the Halloween season, it will be a really great buy. So if you want to pre-order that now, I would suggest you do it. Not just because he's my friend, he is my friend, but also because <laughs> it's a, it's a really well-written, fun Halloween book. Awesome. Yeah. What are you reading? I am listening to the uh, anthology Not That Bad, edited by Roxanne Gay. It's all essays on rape culture. I can only listen to one at a time, once a day, because it makes me want to kill everyone and cry at the same time. Uh, but it is so good. It is so important. I really feel like they should just fill up helicopters with copies of this book and just like drop them all over the country and have every man, every person read these. Wow. There's, it's really powerful. The essays who's, are so who's good. Do, who's doing the reading? Um, each author reads their own essay, oh, which cool. is really cool. Yeah, that's great. And Roxane Gay reads the introduction, uh, and she she has an essay in there too. Um, so if you like, if you're a human, you should read this book. Basically, so that's uh, not that bad by Roxane. Uh, not that bad, edited by Roxane Gay and Spider Season by Billy Hansen. We really are reading very opposite books this season. Yes, this time. <laughs> Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Quinn wrote in, I recently listened to uh, episode 54, Reading is Dangerous and Other Health tip- Health Tips. I only started listening to audiobooks two and a half years ago when I learned you can increase the reading speed. This helped me immensely because they always put me to sleep since I need to be actively involved in a task or my brain thinks it's time to go to sleep. The only way I was able to listen to the Wheel of Time's audiobooks, wow, that's like 15 years worth of audiobooks. <laughs> Uh, but was by doing 1.5 speed because the narrator was very slow. Uh, my my fiance is visually impaired, so he always listens to books at two times speed or he gets bored. I can't listen that fast. I stop comprehending it. He also listens to his phone's voiceover at max speed, and people don't understand how he or I can understand it. But it's just like Mallory said. It takes a ton of intentional practice to be able to listen and comprehend what you're listening to. So you guys, you can get there. You can get to two times speed. You, you can get work. it. You just have to work at yeah, it. Work practice at it. makes perfect mm-hmm. with listening. Yes. Uh, Christy wrote in with their wheelhouse. Here it is. Ready for it? This one's a good one. Wizard training. Uh, should we say what wheelhouses are? No, I think people know. I feel like at this point. Well, if you're just now tuning into Reading Glasses, your first episode, 
you then le- wheelhouses are the things that like anything in this wheelhouse you'll always read that book yes like that's what you're into i feel like we should do an updated wheelhouse because okay. i feel like we you and i have over the over the course of the past year and a half just added more things to our wheelhouse. yeah it probably does change it pro- i don't know how my i don't remember where i was so i can't tell you if it's changed Yours but strong female protagonist space still into it. Still time into travel it. still into it uh post-apocalypticness great and dogs yes that's same. still same you uh Talking bears, yeah. werewolves, haunted yeah. houses, circuses, still. I feel all like you're all the same. But I feel like there's something, a couple of things. Oh, cocktail stuff. I yeah, added. That's new on you. That's yeah. a new thing. Um, yeah, anything with monsters. I think that was kind of new because before it was just werewolves. But, like, really anything with monsters. Hmm. Um, oh, estranged. Uh, and estranged, being estranged from family and found family stuff. Mm. Okay. Well, Chrissy wrote in with their wheelhouse, and it says they like wizard training. Great. Subsistence level societies, realistic religions, cities, rye narration, <laughs> breaking the fourth wall, love crafty and horror, incomprehensible aliens, and anything that can be classified as mindfuck. I feel like you and I both have suggestions for Christy. Yeah. I really like an incomprehensible alien as well. I really like a mindfuck. Yeah, I don't like, I don't need my aliens explained to me. Oh, that's the Jeff Vandermeer school, like annihilation level of like, boom. Yeah, because why do I don't, they're an alien for a reason. Like, I don't need to know what's going on with them. I also like that, um, Wizard training, because I feel like wizard training is so big in like the YA world these days. Oh, yeah, that, gotta, like, there's you don't so want, many you don't want those untrained wizards. You got to get those letting wiz- them loose without their education. Yeah, you got to get those wizards in line. Uh, thank you for that, Chrissy. We love we love getting these. Always an open door policy for your wheelhouses. Uh, so Becca wrote in just a tip that I find really helpful for reading on your daily commute. I use the transit app, which is probably not available everywhere, but I think is getting implemented in a lot of major cities. It's meant to be a good way to figure out which bus train lines to take, but it has a feature that will alert you through your headphones when it's two stops before and right before the stop you need to get off at. It's perfect for me because I tend to become engrossed in my ebook and forget to pay attention to my surroundings or notice when I need to get off the bus. <gasps> they used to happen to me a lot in college yeah. when I rode the bus, when, and I would always miss my stop because I'd be reading. Used to have, when I lived in Brooklyn and I took the subway all the time, this would be perfect. So That's such a great app what is it called again the transit app i'll put a link to it in the show notes because this is genius it is great it's like specifically designed for for readers yeah uh also we have a a very exciting bookmark today thank you guy thank you all i'm trying to get better about not using guys thank you folks i think you do great y'all you can say y'all uh no i can't i can say you can say y'all you can say it i Uh, give you permission oh i'm blessed with the southernness (laughs) of saying you just like put some sweet tea on my forehead (laughs) just bless you a little bit of sweet tea and a little bit sweeter tea on your (laughs) uh so thank you folks we hit over 400 reviews uh on itunes for reading classes uh, ratings and reviews we cannot tell you how much we appreciate this. We've said it before on the show, but it really makes a huge difference for us. Not just like, okay, I mean, when you guys, when you folks review the show, it's not just like me and Bria going, yay, people like us. Like, it actually makes a huge difference. It makes a difference in the kind of guests that we can get and the kind of sponsors that we can get and how far our reach is. It really makes a, like a tangible difference on how well the show does. So we cannot tell you 
we cannot exaggerate how much we appreciate when you take the time to do it. And now we're at over 400. And to celebrate, we did a little poll on Twitter. And so we're going to do another live book club event you in September. You guys love that book club event. Book club. You love the when we drink and talk about books. I mean, that's all, all we want to do. Uh, so we decided to read a book called God's Monsters and the Lucky Peach by Kelly Robson. And we picked this book because it has apocalyptic post-apocalyptic time travel for Bria and monsters for me. It's a novella by Tor.com. So it's not super long. It's pretty easy to read. Um I actually had it on hold at the library, and then it, like, came at a time where I couldn't read it. And so I'm excited that we're all going to read it together. Um, and because it's Tor.com, it's DRM-free. I think as of the time of recording this, it's on a it's on sale right now for $3.99 if you want to buy the ebook. Uh, but um, you want if you want to read it, come join our live Google Hangout on September 6th. I, sometime in the evening. We haven't decided on a time. We'll make a Facebook event for it uh, and talk about it cl- as we get closer. But we're, we're really excited to talk about this book with you guys. Yeah, and if you read the book and you have questions or thoughts, they can send those to us as well, right? And we'll start oh, to uh, compile them for... Oh, absolutely. For, uh, yeah, all, their, all your questions. Yeah, start, if you start reading it now, email us your thoughts and your questions. And also remember during the Google, live Google Hangout, you can like use the chat room and talk to us. And Yeah, it's super fun. We had so much fun interacting with, with all y'all, so... Um, yeah, please, please tune in and please check out the book. You have um, uh, a couple weeks to read it by the time this comes out. Yeah. Um, another bookmark is that, in case you forgot, uh, we, have, we have shirts. And they're so cool. We love them. They're totally cute. We got them. This was a fun conversation between Mallory and Bria where Mallory was like, what color should we do? And I was like... You only wear black, so if you're going to get one of these, shouldn't we do them in black? Yeah, they come in goth and non-goth colors, so yeah. it's white or black. And then, But Mallory goes, I don't know how people wear white, because how do you not get food on it? It's amazing. <laughs> you cannot, like, I have two white t-shirts, one of which is a Skylight Books t-shirt, and one has Satan on it, and... I only wear them like once every few months because it take. I have to borrow other people's white towels to oh make God. enough to wash, make one load of whites. It is so funny that your one white t-shirt has Satan on it. That is the gothest thing I've ever heard. I mean, if I'm going to wear a white t-shirt, I'm going to make it count. But <laughs> anyway, so we have these t-shirts. You can get them on. There will be links in the show notes, but also, um, yeah, on the show notes on all. Yeah, the you can see. Stuff. Yeah, they're on. They're they're uh, in the Maximum Fund store. We posted about them all over our social media. They're really cute. They say ask me what I'm reading on there so if you want are going to a book event you want to make more book friends you want to get like find more people to talk about books with this is the perfect shirt to wear uh I just think and all, they're also uh designed by my partner Alan Amato they look amazing we're super happy with them so uh go check it out go check it out and and by the way I want to say thank you to everyone who's been sending us in book quotes um recording them people it's awesome you guys are just like recording them on your your voice memo apps or something and sending them our way when you're reading a good book and you find a good book quote, I'm putting them at the end of the show. So make sure also stick around to the end of the show so you can hear all those cool book quotes that we're putting there. And it's so fun to hear what you guys are sending. So thank you for sending those and keep sending them. Uh, So before we talk about trivia books, we're going to take a quick break. Hello, I'm Oliver Wong, scholar, journalist, and DJ. And I'm Morgan Rhodes. I'm a music supervisor. We host Heat Rocks, a podcast where we invite our favorite musicians, writers, and scholars to talk about the albums that have changed their lives. Join us as we discover forgotten classics. I think that Boots Riley is one of, if not the most underrated MCs 
in the history of hip hop. Reminisce about our faves. I was always feeling like a little bit of a tourist when I would listen to like Big Daddy Kane. And suddenly when De La Soul came out, it was like, hey, you can dance and be goofy and have fun and love hip hop and you don't have to pretend to be anybody but yourself. And of course, talk nonstop about his purple majesty, Prince. Having your idol listen to your music, it's life changing. It's the thing you want from your parents, so to speak, or that you didn't have. Heat Rocks, every Thursday here on Maximum Fun. This week, it's all about trivia books. You might find them in the backseat of a car, on a long road trip, in a bathroom, in a waiting room. Uh, they're a very popular type of reference books that's just filled with facts, figures, and trivia. It can be very general or be about a very specific topic. Uh, the most popular one is probably the Guinness Book of World Records, but you can get trivia books on just about anything. Uh, Mallory, I'm going to ask you some of the most popular trivia questions. Some are book-related, some are not. Are you ready, ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. What does the K in J.K. Rowling stand for? Yeah, I didn't know either. It Cash was- money. <laughs> <laughs> Queen with a K. Um, it's Kathleen. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's Joanne, in- right? Her first name is Joanne. I have no idea. Uh, Sean isn't in here at the moment, but um, what's the capital of Australia? Uh, <laughs> Brisbane? Sydney? It's Canberra? <laughs> I was so shocked. Okay, what is this phrase from? What book? Man is not truly one, but two. A learned, I learned to recognize the primitive duality of man. Uh, you might is, be able to guess. Is it Dr. Jekyll and That's Mr. Correct. Hyde by Robert Ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 ding. All right, um, one more. What is the most popular drink in the world that doesn't contain alcohol? Non-alcoholic. Uh, milk? Coffee. Oh. That's a pretty good one. Anyway, you did great. You got a one, one out of four. <laughs> better, than, better than I thought. Solid F. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so bad at trivia, but except for specific things. Like, if you just listed, like, book titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really fun, um, on Book Riot, they have, like, all of the jeopardy questions that have had that had to do with books they yeah, have a it's whole really cool. thing yeah it was, it was if they had book jeopardy trying, i would clean the fuck up i didn't know most of them i was like i don't know i don't know anything about all these classic books it's so the only thing i can remember is like book facts yeah well someday 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 when they have book jeopardy i will be ready <laughs> so bria do you like trivia books um i was thinking about it and i don't think so but i do i do like them i just don't go out on my way to maybe purchase them mm-hmm. i will say the Guinness Book of World Records does a lot for our show. I Any of these like little facts you hear me talk about, a lot of times I'm just looking at the Guinness Book of World Records online and finding facts in there. So, Mr. Guinness, if you're listening right now, Mr. Bob Guinness, <laughs> the owner of the Guinness Book of World Records. Hook us up, Mr. Guinness. Uh, send, me, send me one of those books. Um, it's hard for me to like think about it, but I do appreciate a, a trivia book when I'm in a couple of places, a doctor's office. Um, when I'm on a set and there's one just like sitting around, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read this trivia book and like come up with things and then tell them to people later as a conversation starter, which oh, I feel the- like is the key with a trivia book. Oh, 100%. The problem is my brain doesn't retain this kind of information. So like I, I'll, like, I mean, I have a degree in history and American studies and like I still can't remember most stuff about American history. <laughs> there's a lot of, lot of history there. Um, but I do think that for the time, a time and a place, I am really into uh, um a fact, a book about facts and stuff. I also love it when I'm at someone's house 
And maybe they're doing something, I don't know, cleaning, cooking. Why would they be cleaning if I'm at their house? But like, let's Come say, over and watch me Windex the table. Let's say they're just busy, they go and do something, and I find a trivia book that's like about something random. Like, I will definitely be into it. So I, I do read them. I think I just don't go on my way to go buy them like at the store. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I was really into them when I was a kid. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a kid. Yeah. Totally. I, it's a kid thing. Uh, I, I love facts. I, I think one of the best things in life is that, like, did you know moment. I just love imparting facts to people. I love being a conduit for it facts. It's a did you know moment. You know, when, like, I'm reading a book and I and I go bother poor Alan. I'm like, Alan, did you know? Oh, I do that, too. Yeah, I love that shit. But also at a party, maybe, do you do that to people? Oh, yeah. Where you I, walk up and you're like, did you know? Uh, I, yeah, I think it's a good, it's great for parties, great for conversation starters. I am not a shy person, so it's, this is not something I, like, need. I have no qualms about walking up to anybody and being like, hi. I'm just, like, not a shy person. But if you are a shy person, I feel like having an interesting fact is a great way to start something off. Yeah, um, I agree. Just you know, make pick an interesting fact, and someone will. It is really on fun. It. I, and I, there's been um, like some Twitter feeds lately where people are like, "Tell me real facts" or something like that, and like then people respond, and I feel like I learn a lot in those. Yeah, they're really interesting, and then promptly forget them. But uh, you, that way, you can just keep learning again, learning again, learning again, being excited each time. Yeah, it never ends. Uh, so I, I feel like I interacted with these uh, types of books a lot as a kid. But there, are, what people I think need to know is that there are a lot of adult versions of these books too. And I, like, and I don't mean adult like they're facts about boobs, okay, not sexy adults. So I'll, I'll, I would totally read a sex trivia book. I think that would be hilarious. I'm sure there is one. I will look. For Absolutely, that. I'm gonna, there's one. I'm going to go do some investigating. But um, I, I mean, like adult, like they're geared towards adults especially now that uh trivia teams and pubs and bars are so yeah, popular that's a big thing and i'm always jealous when i see people do those because i'm like i would like to do that but i would not be helpful for your team so like i feel like i should watch don't don't invite me i call these books uh poop books because okay. i feel like you see them in bathrooms a lot because you can just like read a few thick uh, quick facts while you're you peeing those up like aren't you like just touching feces yeah that's why i i don't i have a very strong opinions about keeping books in bathrooms which is I don't like that. Okay. I don't want But if want they're my... in someone else's bathroom, do you pick them up? No. You don't but pick you... them up? No. I don't, yeah, I don't. No, I don't either. But I do. But some people like them. I do notice when someone has one in there. Like, I'm like, no, oh, that's the book they put yeah, in there. Yeah, my partner has, some bo- has like, books, and I won't read them. But he, they, but because the problem com- is, once they're, egg- there's a one-way street into the bathroom. You become a poop book, you stay a poop book. Yeah, yeah. You can't, like, exercise that. You, right, no right, right. And bring it out. Bring save it out. your yeah, book. Yeah, that's true. You shouldn't even bother trying to do that. Like, but speaking of facts, Bria, did you know that wombats poops are cubes? I didn't. I knew that you I were going like to hate that information. You were going to hate that. What's also interesting is uh, there are some anti-trivia books out there. Oh. Um, like there's one called Bears Can't Run Downhill by Robert Antwood. And it it actually debunks popular, like, quote unquote, facts and misconceptions. Like trivia things that aren't actually true uh, these ones are super fun because you can read it and become the king or the queen of the you know the well actually moment actually yeah you push your glasses up oh yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah it's good good shit right there and um, they're also good as coffee table books especially nice hard cover adult versions of them not necessarily like the kids ones but like the cool like like adult ones 
But there's one called Random Illustrated Facts by Mike Lowry that would make an amazing coffee table book. Yeah, it's a, like this beautiful illustrations that go with them. It's pretty cool looking. Uh, they also make great gifts for people who aren't into reading. Mm. Uh, if you're like me and you have a hard time getting non-books gifts for people, this is perfect. I'm always, like whenever there's a book buying, gift giving situation, I'm like, I'll just get you a book. Like that's the perfect gift. You're the actually the only person I don't get book gifts to, but I, I get book related gifts to. I you. will read them eventually once. No, 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 because no, I just feel like you might any book. I'm like, oh, Bria might like. Like that you probably already have read it or have it it's very possible uh, but there a really great idea for this is there's um very specific trivia books that, uh, there's one called thank you for being a friend by emma lewis that's all about the golden girls and it's full of golden girls trivia for I, all the golden girls fan in your life i feel like golden girls recently had a comeback oh, i don't yeah. know why but like this, feminism oh, okay but like 15 years ago i was really not not 15 years ago. No, about 15 years ago. I got really into it and would, and got, and for some reason, one of my friends in college got me all of the Golden Girls DVD box sets. Ooh. And so we'd watch them and we were like, these are so funny. Like they, yeah, they really, really held up in a nice way. That's a great gift. Maybe I'll yeah. give that from, to one of my friends. So if you have a family member who doesn't read, but you really would like to get them a book they actually might crack open, a trivia book about a topic they love is a great fucking idea. They're super easy to read. They're fun to read because you can just like read a tiny bit at a time and just like pick a subject that they're interested in and find a, see if you can find a trivia book on them. So you can send your thoughts on trivia books to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to Trivia King Andy McElfresh, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, have you checked out the Max Fun Store recently? If you head to maxfunstore.com now, you'll see a bunch of cool new stuff in there, along with your old favorites. We've got a colorful retro-inspired bubble shirt, plus stickers, buttons, and a poster. Reading Glasses fans will love their new library book-inspired shirt. And if you're a fan of beef, check back Friday for the debut of our Beef and Dairy Network merch. We've got all that and more from a ton of Max Fun shows. There's even a Rocket Logo skateboard deck there. So go click around, see what we've got in stock, and buy yourself something fun at maxfunstore.com. Here we are with Andy McElfresh, writer of the Education book. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Oh gosh, thanks for having me. Andy, what are you reading right now? What am I reading? I'm reading The Moral Arc by Michael Shermer. Ooh, tell me about that. Michael Shermer is the, uh, there's the Skeptic Society. It's uh, sort of based out of uh, Caltech and it's been around forever. And the amazing Randy used to be one of the people involved in it. He, they basically are debunkers of pseudoscience. And, and uh, this book is about how in um, Martin Luther King's uh, gave a speech once where he said, the moral arc of the universe tends towards justice. And it's Michael Shermer's premise that the reason it does is because of reason. It's because of science, not because of any religious uh, adherence. So it basically says, um, you know, the the whole method of thinking that science provides us actually makes us better people. Um, but the book itself is really fun because mostly it's filled with examples of us not being very good people and they're very juicy. Ooh, that sounds great. Yeah, it's really good. So can you tell us about your new book? My new book is called The Education Book. It's uh, kind of based loosely on the podcast I do with Kevin Smith on Smodcast. And it's uh, the subtitle is Amazing Cocktail Party Science to Impress Your Friends. And what that means is we don't actually talk about the science of making cocktails. It's really about just having 
a lot of fun things to think about and talk about so that you're never kind of stuck for conversation. I mean, that sounds fantastic. I feel like that's something that a lot of people can use when they're feeling awkward at parties. Yes. Well, it's, uh, you know, according to our listeners, many, many times they've been able to pull out a fun fact and impress people and, you know, make uh, break the social ice, as it were. So hopefully there'll be some relationships that are out there that are thanks to edumacation. Yes, we want to start getting a whole crop of edumacation babies. <laughs> so how do you – so you have this whole book and this whole podcast full of all these incredible facts. How do you collect them? How do you amass all this, all these facts? Well, you know, it's that sort of lifelong interest in this stuff. It's like anything um, – science related i've just always been interested i i was an english major in college but i also was a i did all the pre-med courses i just always have loved lab you know i was a big uh, photographer back when we used to actually get our hands wet doing that stuff i just love it i love science and i think uh like the history of science to me is a very fascinating way to map how we got here so it's just something i've always loved so when you were a kid, did you just grow up loving those trivia and fact books? I did. You know, this is a spoiler alert for those who are interested in buying the book, which hopefully is everyone. Um, in the introduction, I talk about how, do you remember the Scholastic book catalog you would get? They would lay it on your desk in like second, third, fourth, and fifth grade. And yes. you get to, it's like that, you know, cheap newsprint color supplement where you can buy like the Berenstain Bears books and stuff. Well, oh, yeah, that... yeah, there was a lot of junky stuff in there and my mom would never let me get any of it uh, because I was just like, you know, there's a book, but also it comes with a free magnifying glass. And I was like, oh man, this one book, it looks like it could actually be educational. It's uh, It was called Fun Facts and it had its own magnifying glass <laughs> and I managed to convince my mom to get it. And man, that was such a triumph. I knew that that, that was the path I wanted to take. Oh, that's fantastic. So so now that you've moved on from fun facts, do you still read a lot of nonfiction? Um, well, I mean, it kind of depends. It's uh well you think about like the like my favorite uh series of books is the Master and Commander series. And it's almost like reading nonfiction because every single battle scene is taken from an actual battle scene. Every character is based on somebody real except for the two main characters. And so you really have it is, you know, it's a historical fiction book, but it's, I think it's like the perfect marriage of the things that I love. It's like sailing and, and facts and history. And then, you know, uh, really well-told stories and beautiful writing. So, I mean, in fact, it has a companion book that goes with it. That's a fun fact book, kind of. It's called uh, A Sea of Words by Dean King. And it just basically explains not only about like a lot of the, you know, the sort of intrinsic jargon that's used in sailing, but also how those contribute to pretty much like half of the things in our language come from, from the, you know, the sailing. So, yeah, I mean, that's, so yes, I do read nonfiction, but my, I think my favorite books have got to be the Master and Commander series. Oh, that's awesome. So is there, is that the subject that you loved to like get the most facts about? Is there one particular subject that you just cannot get enough facts about? Well, I mean, it's hard to define one subject. Like if you're in elementary school, science is a subject. But if you're in grad school, science is every single subject. So, um, but, you know, I mean, I just I spent about a year and a half developing a show at NBC about uh, science and and uh, how it affects pop culture and 
all that stuff. So I just sort of, I loved, I think that was one of my favorite jobs in terms of just being able to come in and just digest something completely new, but that was based on, you know, a lot of scientific research and then talking to the people about it. So I would have to say science, but I know that's kind of a broad subject to uh, give, give as an answer. Do you have like your favorite fact that you keep in your back pocket for parties? That's like your own particular one. Um, well, that's no, I, I actually, I don't think I do. I think, I mean, I know that my wife is, gets worried that people are going to like push play on some fact that I'll just sit there and rattle off, but I try to keep it interesting. Um, but no, I don't think there is one fun fact. I think there's just too much to know to really be in love with a, a single fact. So tell us about your own reading life. Do you have any weird reading quirks that you'd like to share? Um, well, I do have, I think, do you ever get book guilt? Like you get a book and you start reading it and you're like, I strongly dislike this book, but you have to finish it because you get guilt. Does that oh. ever happen to you? It it used to. I've I've taken quite a few steps to stop my book guilt and to to get rid of it because I this is just too many books to read. Now I I hear that, but I still get it. I mean I, it just always bothers me, and it'll just sit there. They'll sit there on my Kindle right below the books I'm reading, and, and just stare at you. <laughs> yes, I like have to. If it's a hardcover, I have to like get into bed on the opposite side of the bed so I don't see it before I you know turn off the light at night just because. It haunts me that I haven't finished something. All right, just take your glasses off before you get in the bedroom. Then you can't see it. And then I get bruises all over my face. <laughs> so, do you have a book that you love to give to people? Uh, yes, I do. Actually, I think uh, The English Patient um, is probably, I think it's one of the f most finely written books ever. You know, and it's, it's just so beautiful. And uh, you can actually... You can actually finish it in the time it takes to watch the movie. Oh, that's a really classy one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that no, might be the, the classiest I'll, one we've heard. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, of course, I'm sure you've read it. It just is like, it's like music. I mean, you just really, it's very immersive and beautiful and the story is compelling. I just love that book. So Andy, if we want to hear more from you, where can we find you online? You can find me at smodcast.com, which is uh, home to all of Kevin Smith's podcasts. Uh, and also you can hear the podcast on SoundCloud. It's education. Um, and I'm, I can be found at andymcalfrish.com. You can see a little bit more about me or you can find me on Twitter at education, Andy. Uh, so at education, Andy, and that's, that pretty much covers it, right? Yeah. Did you want to plug the, sh like talk about the show a little bit more or is that? Well, we do, you know, the show is taking a little, we're taking a little turn. We want to, I saw that. Yes, we're, we're having a little fun with the show. Uh, we have been, we love doing the show live. Uh, but when you do the show live, the adrenaline kind of has you, do, you have to do a ton of uh, different stuff and have a lot of stuff ready. Uh, because for the live audience, you want to be able to shift and move and stuff. And so having a heavily formatted show um, is fun to do and we love it. But I think we're going to switch gears and do a pub quiz for a little while. We're going to, because we love the Scum and Villainy Cantina, which is the live uh, venue. It's a bar in Hollywood. Um, and it is scum and villainy. They, I don't want to get them in trouble with, you know, any corporations that might own the copyrights on anything, but I think you can guess the scum and villainy cantina is based on certain science fiction tropes that we all love. And so people like to, uh, you know, put on their best, uh, uh, 
can you say it in pig Latin? Ormstay Uper Trey? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> uh, they get to, they like to come there and, uh, and kind of revel in that world and also, you know, have some blue milk and uh, a couple of drinks and, and hang out. So we do, a, uh, Kevin does Fat Man on Batman there, which is another podcast, very popular. And um, we're going to start doing our show there as a quiz. And so that'll be the way that we get our fun facts out is by asking questions about, you know, not only the natural world, but pop culture and all the other things we normally cover. And then in the answers, provide you with a little something you might be able to take to that cocktail party and break the ice. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. So all the L.A. listeners can go check that out. And if you're not in L.A., very unfortunately, you can listen to Andy's show. Yes, it's well, it's it's such a you, the whole library. I think we shifted to uh, um, Stitcher. So you might have to like get a free subscription to Stitcher for a month, download everything and then kill that Stitcher. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're all we're, we're, we're all modern. We know how to do this. <laughs> we know how to get it, get all the free stuff in. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, Mallory, for having me. Now it's time to answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Sarah writes in, what do you do with the dust jacket? Do you leave it on the book and let the bottom get folded and the sides warped from sweat? Do you leave it off while you're reading and put it back on when you're done for the day? Do you tape it to the book like the library does? Or do you leave it off for the entire time? Do you read it? What if you lose it? What do you do, Bria? I don't really have this problem because I'm an e-reader. So I don't really think about dust jackets that much. I... When I worked at a library, that was one of my jobs is to put the dust jackets into the plastic things. Because at a library, you know, it goes through so many people. You have to, like, put a plastic thing over the dust jacket. And let me tell you, when you see that at a library, it's not easy to do unless they've they've probably perfected the system since, like, the 90s. But, like, when I was doing it, it was, like, it was, like, this, like, long process of trying to, like, you had to, like, fold the thing. And then you had to, like, put it on the book. And it just, like, took forever where every single book you had to do it for. It was crazy. Um... But it keeps it from getting damaged, which is nice. But I have no suggestions for at-home book jacket care. I just leave mine on. Everything stays the same because I don't use these books that much. I guess when I move them, sometimes they get a little damaged. But for the most part, my books are not getting picked up that often. What about you? What do you do? Uh, I always leave it on. I mean, I'm looking right now at the hardcover that I'm reading. But people take it off sometimes. People have very different opinions on what to do with dust, dust jackets. I always leave mine on. Uh, my thing is I rarely read a hardcover book with a dust jacket outside the house. I mean, A, I don't really leave the house that often. And B, I read so fast that, you know, I'm only like the book's only going to be with me for a couple of days. It doesn't get the chance to get a lot of damage. Um, but, I, you know, so I don't. But even when I do, like I won't put them in a purse or anything. Um because I don't want like anything to happen to them, and they're also heavy and not great purse books. Uh, but if I just have to read a book with a dust jacket on outside the house, I- I'll put it in my book bow thing or wrap it in a bandana. Oh, right. Uh, Do you want to explain what the book bow is to people? Yeah, we we reviewed this on a book tech segment a, a while ago. It's like a padded, looks like a padded fabric envelope that you put your book in to protect it. And I really like it. Um, but I, yeah, I keep my dust jacket on the entire time I'm reading. I, I like looking at the fancy cover. It adds to my reading experience. And I, I never tape it on or anything. Uh, I have a deep aversion to taping or sticking anything to a book. And to date, I have never lost a ju- dust jacket, probably because I'm so careful with them. But but Alan, he always takes his dust jackets off. And what he does is when he gets ready to read a book, he takes off the dust jacket, sticks it in the place in our library where the book goes. Oh. And then when he finishes it, 
and like writes it in his little book journal. Then he puts the dust jacket back on and puts it away. Oh, so, wow. Because he just that's, doesn't like them. That's such a great system. I feel like sometimes I see on like real like nice design blogs or something that they'll have like a bunch of books on shelves and they'll all have the dust jackets off because they look so uniform that way. Yeah. You know, like they look like, I mean, they're not all the same color, but they're more uniform and less like just like all these different, you know, type designs and things. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they do that with like good looking. Oh. I feel like they do that with like cool, um, like des- home designs, very like modern homes. Yeah, which neither mm. of us have. No, um, I look. I live in the Adams family mansion. Yeah, and I don't know. I just live in like what looks like a '90s coffee shop. The way <laughs> we like have mismatched furniture. Wow, but it's a cool aesthetic. <laughs> that weird looking cat. It's mm-hmm. a perfect, perfect look. But yeah, I feel like the dust jacket thing is. Just sort of choose your own adventure here. Like, there's yeah. no wrong way to do it unless you're like, I like taking the dust jacket off and setting it on fire. Well, that's an okay thing. To, you bought that book. That's up to yeah, you. Just don't set anything else on fire. Yeah. But I like keeping it on. I really like looking at the cover. Uh, I generally don't find. I, I the weird thing is I never use it as the like I never use the flaps as bookmarks. Some people oh, I like, do that. That I do. Which uh, I guess you shouldn't do probably. No, I don't know if it's that you should or shouldn't. I just have so many fucking bookmarks that I feel guilty that. I don't use them. Oh, poor them. Mr. Bookmark, you're not getting used. I have so many. Have you ever you seen the Have you seen the book scabbard? Yeah, I have seen the book scabbard. Yeah, uh, my uh, Alan, because he's the perfect man, bought me an antique sword scabbard. That, he, but instead of a sword, it's filled with bookmarks. <laughs> I know we're, we're relationship goals. We're he's a perfect perfect man. Uh, but I have but I have so many of them and I collect them everywhere I go and I have some really nice ones. Yeah. So I just feel kind of bad like you having them sit it. there. Like I like using them. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, I like leaving my dust jackets on. I, I I'm actually looking right now. It does kind of like when you are looking at your dust jacket, you like have more opinions about your book. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, like it's like it's such a like it's such a part of the book. Like yeah. the cover, you know, is like tells me a lot about the book. Not necessarily, you but could, like for you some can reason, see it the does. cool blurbs. You can see the. It is the publisher. one thing I don't like about e-reading is that like I will a lot of times forget the name of the book I'm mm-hmm. reading because I'm like reading and I have no idea because it's not like I'm not picking up the book every time. It's like already open within my Kindle. You know? Yeah, yeah. See, I, I I like looking at the cover. Yeah. So if you want us to solve your reader problem or answer a reader question, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle, who runs our Facebook group, and Christy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening. And and thanks thanks for for reading. reading. Grief was a deep-sea monster lurking far below, occasionally wrapping a cold tentacle around an ankle to pull me under. The monster used to have me completely tangled up, suffocating me, but as the years went by, its grip had loosened. It still liked to remind me that it hadn't gone away completely. Born of Water, A.L. Noor. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.